Bickley and Murata. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. It's Friday. That means the beginning of NBA free agency. Three o'clock today is when that window opens up for teams and players to negotiate future deals. Suns got a lot of work to do to fill out that roster. We got the introduction to Bradley Beal yesterday. We had Jordan Goodwin on the show this morning. Uh, New look Phoenix Suns here to talk about all of it with us. Our uh, Suns guru, Kellen Olsen, in studio. And in studio, because you'll hear him today from uh, 10 to 2 with Luke Lipinski. Kellen, thanks for coming in, man. Hey, how is it going? <laughs> Who are you, Greg Stolte? Ooh, hey, I, I think I, I, hey. Might, I might have found my new bit for next week. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, we're doing hey, leading into music. We're doing the show in two weeks. I want a lot of Schulte impersonations out of you. I want to. I want to hear a lot of them. I want to get <laughs> oh, he's, really. He's very good at really it. Really in there. It's great to be in here with you guys. Usually not in here. Usually over the phone. But right? Great to be here. Yeah, yeah. it's good. It's good um, to have you, man. Thank you, you. You were at the press conference yesterday, as I was, um, and Bick and I kind of had the same impressions, the same takeaways. Um, you know, I always scoff at the winning the press conference thing. Bradley Beal's a seasoned veteran, but man, that was an enjoyable press conference. To hear his his outlook and how happy he is to be here and what he's looking forward to was really refreshing. Yeah, he he seems like a great dude, and that's everything that we've heard from Washington is like as, as a person, he's tremendous. And it, a lot of things that he wasn't even able to get to or things that we've heard about as well. He briefly mentioned it, but he's huge in the community, so expect him to be out there in full force over the next couple of years here in Phoenix for sure. But yeah, just everything that he said about what it's going to look like on the court, but also just like the mentality that he understands he needs to have because he said, like, I'm going to be challenged mentally, like in a new kind of way in this kind of environment. And and you notice how he mentioned, like, I get to be on TV because like the Wizards were on TNT or ABC or ESPN or whatever, probably what, like three, four times last oh, yeah. year. And yeah. the Suns are going to be on like 25, 30 times, like half their schedule this year probably is yeah. going to be on national TV. So he gets not only that spotlight for his game, which I believe has led to him being one of the more underrated players in the league, but also just to play in a meaningful game every night. You guys, we know that almost better than him, right? Because we were coming in talking about these teams five, six years ago where the games just didn't really matter. But yeah. every single game that these guys play is going to matter. Yeah, no, listen, I agree with all of that. And I really like the way he just repeated himself about how he's going to embrace all of the newness. No matter what it looks like or feels like, he's going to embrace it all. And I think that's a great mindset to have. Now, you're a basketball guy, and I know you've thought about this. So what did you take away about what this team's going to look like from what was said yesterday in terms of how they play? Yeah, I think it'll be much more interesting to hear, and not to say it wasn't interesting to hear it yesterday, but I think it'll be much more interesting to hear from Frank Vogel, to hear from James Jones after the roster is assembled, because there's a lot of, like, yes, I feel very comfortable with having Bradley Beal and Den Booker as my starting backcourt, but we might add a point guard, and I want to mention campaign's name there as well, and, and there's just a lot of stuff going on there, especially if we can get into the DeAndre Hayden part of it as well, but he was obviously mentioned quite a fair bit, and, and glowingly, I might add, which is more or less what you should expect. I wouldn't really read anything into it either way, to be honest, but I think that we just need to hear from these guys in a month or two when we know what the group looks like because something Vogel mentioned too is like that fifth spot could be someone who plays like three different positions technically and I think that that um, if there's one big takeaway from that whole part of the the presser for me was that in that 
that's how their mindset should be because of the best player that they can get. You know how when guys come up in, in the draft and you're just like, just take the best player available. That's almost how their signing should be. Like if they can get someone on the veterans minimum in that fifth starter spot, who's a point guard, they're a three, they're a four, just get the best guy. Really. That's really what they need to look for in terms of the fit and, and getting the best guy going forward. Talking with Kellen Olson here on uh, Bickley and Murata mornings. Part of the, uh, at the end of our show yesterday, I know you dealt with it yesterday on your show with, with Luke and uh, James Jones was asked about it. Didn't address it, but, this Kyrie Irving report uh, that kind of came out of nowhere from, from Chris B. Haynes. It's been shot down by some people. Mark Stein not willing to shut it down. What what do you make of all of this, Kellen? I'm trying to choose my words carefully here because <laughs> you two know exactly how I feel about this, yes. but I have a live microphone in yes, front of me. Right. I'm um, testing you. It is bordering on... Uh, incomprehensible and what I mean by that is when you're getting these kinds of reports coming in from anywhere these days like even like the top like Chris Haynes is one of the top NBA reporters in the league and has been for a long time now you have to sit there and pause and think and it, it took me three seconds to pause and think this time but it was what is this why does this make sense and since we're the people who have been talking about the Suns offseason for weeks know exactly what the dynamics are it's like oh this is leverage that's all that is yeah. it's just to show Dallas hey oh watch out might go to Phoenix he might take half the money Ooh, watch out he might do it when this is all about money anyway whoa because yeah. he just didn't have any other now if it would have come out that he was meeting with Houston who has 60 million dollars in cap space okay that makes a little bit more sense to me, but it, it just didn't link together in terms of what the Suns could do. John Hollinger put the piece together on The Athletic yesterday. It's around $21 million that Kyrie would have to take for that next season in terms of the structure of his contract, which would be a significant pay cut for him. Dallas would have to reroute another player somewhere else in that kind of sign-and-trade as well to make the salaries work for DeAndre Ayton. That's the thing. is like We're talking about how does he get here. Well, it's a sign-and-trade or the minimum, and the sign-and-trade has to be DeAndre Ayton. So it, that's even before getting to the basketball fit, which we learned this lesson with Chris Paul last year, right? When you play him in a new role off the ball, sure, he can play there, but that's not how you maximize Chris Paul. You do not maximize these four guys together with one basketball, too. It would be fantastic, but yeah. I'm not usually the there's only one ball guy because a lot of people when the Golden State team formed with Katie, they're like, there's only one ball, but it made sense basketball-wise. This does not make sense basketball-wise. Right. Kevin Zerman said it on Wolf and Luke yesterday. Redundancy hits at a certain point. Yes. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And, and But what, what made me stop and pause was, well, three things. First of all, it's that, as you pointed out yesterday on your show with, with Luke, that would he be the guy that would be crazy enough to do something like that, to play for a veteran's minimum just to prove to people, look how different I am. Yeah. Then there's the Matt Ishby aggression factor. We've never seen anything like this, so we don't know what the limit is. We don't know what the ceiling is. We don't even know what the normal is, right? And then finally, for Mark Stein to double down on it and say there is going to be a meeting, well, that doesn't mean that meeting isn't just a a gesture maybe from James Jones to, to a player for leverage. What is a meeting? Is it a lunch? Is it a dinner? Is yeah, it a three-hour exactly. sit-down? Are you staying for the night, Kyrie? Where are you going? Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, what's going on here? Like, are you are you, you getting to sleep on the couch, Kyrie? Yeah, you need you, to call you your mom and tell her you yeah. won't be home. Right. right. <laughs> but uh, I mean, that's the point that we're at now, right? Certainly, and and it's kind of crazy that we're we, we're even here. We're talking about this still when yes. this team has added two more stars already. We're I talking know. about it's, I it's crazy. Acid. Well, I say we talk about more realistic okay. possibilities. Kellen's going to stick around for a second segment. Uh, the Suns will be active. They need to be active to fill out this roster. We'll get some thoughts from Kellen on that next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
Friday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings continues live from the Option Community Studios. We continue our discussion with Kellen Olson on this day one of NBA free agency. Three o'clock is when all the fun could start locally and around the league. And uh, Kellen, we're all wondering, and I know you're in this boat too, but uh, I want to say this before we move on. Uh, you and Kevin Zimmerman have put together a very, very good primer on ArizonaSports.com, the Empire of the uh, Suns guys, on uh, possibilities at different positions. Not and I'm not just talking about the possibilities of Suns players coming back, but who are some of these minimum uh, level, minimum uh, veteran minimum level exception guys that could be in the uh, in the uh, offing for for the Suns? If you are James Jones, eliminating the in-house guys from last year, Kellen, three o'clock. Who's your Who's your first call to? Oh man, that's a really good question. Um, appreciate that on the story. The thing that I intro there in is that it, it's a really difficult thing to nail down in free agency when we're talking about specific price ranges. So here we're talking about the lowest, uh-huh. which is the minimum, because if you grab a certain list of guys and you're too pessimistic or too low and, and like being too uh, realistic, whatever you want to call it, like Suns fans are going to read it and like just be depressed. But if I be really optimistic then they're going to read it and be like okay like i'm going to take off the four days in june for the championship parade like it's, <laughs> it's it's really difficult to kind of gauge where exactly to go man i'm still stuck there that's a really good question because of i, I think dennis schroeder is a guy that makes a ton of sense but it would be good to hear back from him immediately and see what his market's going to be and what his uh future is going to be like because he's one of the guys to me where the fit makes a lot of sense in terms of what the Suns need. They need perimeter defense. They need another ball handler who can get to the rim a bit and create some rim pressure. That's Dennis Schroeder to a T. I think that he showed he was a very, not ball-dominant player, but was a guy who needed the ball in his hands to be productive. You'll remember even a couple of years ago, the OKC teams with mm-hmm. Shea Gildas-Alexander and Chris Paul. He still needed to be on the ball quite a bit. But in L.A., he was off the ball more, and he was still pretty darn effective. Effective Was a Vetsman guy last year. I think that's something worth noting with him. And something that the Lakers have themselves is they have that $12 million non-taxpayer mid-level exception. They could split it up, give him six, give someone else six. So those are some things to consider. But he's got a history with Vogel as well, which is one of the big reasons to bring him up. So if I had to pick, he would be the first guy to call just to gauge like, hey, is this something you would even consider? And he'll pretty quickly probably say no, given what his market is going to be and how the point guard market is not so great. It's, It's great at the top, and then it drops off pretty quickly how do they go about um planning and and strategizing for a trade of deandre ayton that may yet happen somewhere down the road you know what i mean because i know exactly what you yeah. Mean. yeah how do they how do they how do they work around that i think you just it and this is going to kind of sound like a more james jones answer but i i really do agree with some of like the philosophies that he brings up quite often that sound like he's dodging giving the real answer or whatever but you just build the team the way you normally would and if that trade comes it comes but you can't rely on it yeah. to happen like that's the other part of the answer but look if you think that you're going to fill this position with the deandre Aiden trade still in two to three weeks you can't just leave that open in for agency because then if the trade doesn't have you don't have anyone in that spot anymore and guess what if you you execute the trade, then that's awesome, and you execute it. Now you're even deeper at those positions specifically. I think the flip side of it, Dan, is that if you go through, it's July, let's say July 16th, because we know July 15th is what we assume is the day when his veto power comes mm-hmm. up. That's a, something that could be a factor for all we know in this equation still oh. right now. 
Right. Yeah, we kind of forgot about it a bit. I kind of did. You're right. We should all be aware of it with the Bradley Beal situation. Yeah, (laughs) that's exactly right. And DeAndre's situation for this offseason and last offseason, it's just little bit ticks of information, like just little things we're getting, but not we don't get nearly the whole picture. And that could be something in the picture that is a part of the equation that we're not factoring in. But anyway, if you're on July 16th and there's a DeAndre Ayton trade out there, but you've just brought back Jock Landale at center and that's it. Like, do you need a center back? now in that trade like do your needs change a bit and that's where it gets a little bit complicated to me but some of these names we talk about I I know I did those mock offseason exercises a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. and people were looking at the return for John and we're like man like that's that's not that's pretty underwhelming Terry Rozier and Cody Martin but then if you look at what the team is right now Terry Rozier, that third guard we were talking about, and then Cody Martin is your fifth starter, a really good on-ball defender, a decent playmaker, a guy who can hit open shots. Like, yeah, sure, sign me up for that immediately, right? Like, it changes once you understand what the whole concept of the team is. And something that Luke has been talking about a lot on the show in the last couple of days that makes a lot of sense to me is we went into this like two weeks ago thinking like, oh, man, they're going to have to get like five, six, seven guys on the veterans minimum. Well, no, because they're going to bring back a couple of guys. And then all of a sudden it's really going to be only two or three names. So mm-hmm. as long as they I think if they even just get one notable name in on the veterans minimum, that's a huge success. Honestly, I think they just need two guys who could be a part of the rotation in the playoffs to come in on the veterans minimum. And that would be an absolute home run. Even yes. if they just get one, I think that's still a pretty big success. And I think they will because it's an awesome situation where they can call a wing at three o'clock and be like, Hey, you could start on what we think is the best team in the league. Like no one else is going to be able to offer you that. Yes. They're going to be able to offer you three times as much money, but no one else can offer you a spot like this. Yeah, that's true. In terms of the guys that were on the roster last year, there's a lot of speculation on, and you mentioned some of them. We know Wainwright's back. We know campaign has now been picked up and guaranteed fully for next year. So he is back. It seems like with the early bird rights on Tory Craig, the Suns have an in on him, but what have you been able to gauge on his market? How much competition do you think they'll have in uh, in, in fighting for a guy like Tory? Well, that's an interesting thing to bring up, Vince, with him and Josh Akogi, because yes. they have the bird rights on Tory Craig. They do not on Josh Akogi. So those guys might have similar markets, for example, in the price range of, let's say, six to nine million dollars, like somewhere in that kind of range. Right. Well, if Josh Okogie's getting offered that, that means he would have to take at least twice as less money, if not three times as less money to come here. Tory, on the other hand, you could still give him that eight, nine, ten million dollars. And I know Suns fans listening be like, well, Tory's not worth eight, nine, ten million dollars. But Landry Shamit wasn't necessarily worth his extension either, but his contract was very team friendly and movable at that kind of mid range kind of yeah, level. Turned out to be pretty useful too. <laughs> and that, and look for them to do that with Tory. Look for them to do that with Jock Landell. That's something that Brian Windhorst really nailed down the day after the Beal trade. Remember the quote of like we're not gonna just like get to the second eight we're gonna crush through it essentially. Mm-hmm, yeah. And that's that's how you do it. That tax bill will be coming, but it, it does not seem like that man cares in, in the slightest. It's greatly going to benefit the team in little situations like that. In terms of movable assets in a theoretical trade like that in February or next season, it gets a little bit tougher, but mm-hmm. it's nice to have the options open for sure. What do you think of how Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are basically spending the entire summer together? Does that mean anything to you? Because I'm encouraged by it. 
the power of friendship can never be understated, Dan. Yeah. It's it's very well important. Said. It's very crucial. Well yeah. said. I'm kind of being serious and kind of joking at the same time. <laughs> no, Just one of those, I, like, I, how serious is he? We can't really tell. That's like the special appeal here, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Serious. You just dropped bars, Kellen. Say it again. <laughs> the power of friendship cannot be understated enough, Sarah Cazell, as our friendship. She was vibing on it. Show. I was. Yeah. See, right. I was, I was waving back here. Yeah. I, I'm scared Loving to turn it. around now. <laughs> <laughs> I get that all the time. <laughs> oh, no, Sarah, don't say that. Come on. Uh, to that original question, I think it's a good thing. Like it's uh, sometimes things are simple for me. It's like, is this a good thing or a bad thing? And yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah, it's, it's a good thing that they're hanging out a lot. Um, yeah, it's a pretty stupid question. I admit that. No, no, no. And, and that's I, I'm not saying that. <laughs> no, Dan, it, come it, on. it kind of was. What but is it's, there? Sarah saying this. You're saying that. Come on. Where's her mindset at <laughs> on a Friday, people? <laughs> Vinny, how are you doing? Lauren, are you okay in there? What's going on? Does everyone need to check in before we end the show today and yes. sign off for the week? Jared leaves for just a little bit, guys, and you oh, guys yeah. turn into this oh, all of a sudden. Right, right. Did Our we, emotional cornerstone, Jared Carlin. Yeah, 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 did we sleep on Jared as the glue this whole time? <laughs> What's going on? Are you guys all yeah. right? Yeah. I think it's great that glue. they're hanging out, and I think it just shows, Dan, that in February, like everything kind of came together so quickly. Like They were just focused on basketball, and they've always been tight, so like they just get a chance to spend more time together. Hey, Vinny, do you want to go to France with me? Hey, Dan, do you want to go to the Bahamas with me? I think I would say yes if someone offered that to me. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Uh, before we let you go, and uh, again, you can hear more of Kellen today on with Luke Lipinski from 10 to 2. Uh, let's play a little rapid fire. I'll give you players. You give me their thoughts real quick on, on potential landing spots. Sure. Some by trade, some free agency. Uh, James Harden. Clippers. I think they're going to be desperate. Uh, underlying thing here, Zach Lowe in the low post has been pointing this out a lot. Player options next summer for both Kawhi and PG. Mm. So if they try to negotiate an extension and the Clippers are like, wait a minute, how's your knee, Kawhi? He's like, I'm Kawhi Leonard. Give me four years max, please. And they say no. What <laughs> happens? Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Uh, Damian Lillard. Portland. We do this all the time. Like I'm just going to say Portland until he actually – like this. he's replaced John Collins as the name we talk about all the time. All right. So on that front, who's joining him in Portland to appease him? I think they'll bring back Jeremy Grant, and I think that they'll be very aggressive in seeking out a quote-unquote third banana who will be a very underwhelming third banana. But uh, I, I think they'll be aggressive for sure. It All seems right. like they're going to try to be, yeah. Kyrie Irving. Dallas. Fred Van Vliet. Oh, that's a, that's the best one, maybe. Um, Houston. I that's think- what I think, too. Something to understand about Houston, they have $64 million in cap space, and that's a lot of money. They have to spend 50 to get to the floor. <laughs> like They have to wow. spend money. So they're being linked to all these guys. Yeah, because they have to spend it somewhere. Because <laughs> they have to spend it somewhere. You can't just have right. a bunch of guys on rookie deals. That's not how it works. You have to sign guys to money. It's like they got this gift card that's expiring. <laughs> <laughs> you have to use I mean, it. If you, you could have done tomorrow. that, Robert Sarver would have done that years ago. You keep driving by Lowe's, and you're like, is this the day I'm going to go spend that last $36? No, I'll do it. And then it's <laughs> two years later, and you're like, oh, it's expired. It's expired. Right. When this is all said and done, do you think Houston is the splashiest team because of all the cap space? I think Milwaukee is the team everyone's keeping an eye on. It seems like they should bring back oh, Chris Middleton let and Brooke Lopez. Let me ask you Brooke Lo- the, the Brooke Lopez question. I know he said he wants to play in either Montreal or Seattle because that's just Brooke Lopez being Brooke Lopez, but where does he end up? I think that both of those guys still wind up back in Milwaukee, Ooh. but Middleton's in a really interesting place where Milwaukee, we're not really sure how much money they can offer him. Or I'm sorry, they're in a position where if they don't pay Chris Middleton, they're kind of screwed. 
but they're kind of screwed because Chris Middleton's knees kind of don't work anymore. <laughs> yeah. So they're in a really interesting crossroads there. Someone else can offer Chris Middleton a lot of money, unrestricted, by the way. And yes. then Brooke Lopez, similar position. Maybe they're, Milwaukee's going to try and nickel and dime him a little bit. He's still a really, really good player. And a lot of teams would love to have him as yes. their starting center. I think they're both back, but... All these names floating in the air, and we're not even talking about trades. We're just talking about free agency. Well, I think Damon, that's pretty much it. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Kellen, thanks for coming Great in, Great stuff, appreciate Kale. it. Thanks, Again, guys. Again, uh, read Kellen's stuff, Kevin Zimmerman's stuff, all over ArizonaSports.com. And you can hear him today with Luke Lipinski from 10 to 2.